Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Breaking financial hardships, part five, which is the last part in this whole series that we've had. You know, I want to be, I want to be honest with you. God has blessed ABC this year in particular. I mean, if you look at the services that have been coming, they, they are mind-boggling. And it's just been one level after another, after another, after another. If you can sit under such a grace and you don't change, something is wrong with your understanding. I really believe so. I believe that if you, if you remain the same at the end of this year, it's either you are not listening or something has really got to be done with your understanding. And it's not a problem because Jesus opened people's understanding to understand the scriptures. So maybe that's what you need to pray for this morning. Lord, open my understanding so that I can really start grasping these things. Law number four, the law of a transformed mind. The law of a transformed mind. Listen to me. Prosperity, success, all these things that you hear us talk about will remain a dream of the night until your mind catches up. Your mind cannot remain a broke mind and your pocket starts speaking another language. Trust what I'm telling you right now. If you don't even believe anything I'm going to say, believe what I'm telling you right now. Your prosperity is highly connected to your thoughts. How you think, how you think, how you think has a huge way of affecting what you earn. The possibilities that open up for you are highly connected to how you think. So much so that John explains it to us so that it doesn't, it's no more mysterious to us. Third John chapter 1 verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. You see, prosperity is not just in money. Prosperity is in all things, in your relationships, in your studies, in your business, in your marriage, in every other area. That is true prosperity. True prosperity is not just finances. True prosperity is in all things. In all things. Now, that type of prosperity cannot happen except the second part of the verse is accomplished. He says, and be in good health, which is another type of prosperity, just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible is littered with all kinds of stories of people that were promoted with a poor mind. And the Bible is very, very, very open about how that prosperity or that promotion did not last. 
I give you the example of the ten spies. They entered the land that God had promised, a land to work for about 40 years to enter into, but with a mind that was not ready. Twelve of them entered the land to spy it. Only two finally took possession of the land. The other ten didn't make it. And it's simply because they could not come to terms with the fact that that is what God was giving them. It was too big for them. It was too challenging for them. That even though the prophetic word was there telling them God is giving you this, can I tell you how many times the man of God will prophesy over your life, tell you this is what God is saying, you yourself will read the word and see something in the scriptures, but your mind is not in accord, your mind is not agreeing with it. And because your mind is fighting that revelation, because your mind is fighting that promotion, you descend right back where your mind is. As we talk about prosperity, as we talk about increase, breaking financial hardship, you break financial hardship by breaking wrong thoughts in your mind. It's very important that you change how you think. Now, one of my most revered mentors, I mean, he has gone to be with the Lord now, you know, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, blessed memory. He told us one time that he read a book about success and he read, the book was titled, I think, The Twelve Steps to Success. And he was very intrigued. He wanted to know, I mean, because he wanted to succeed. So he wanted to know what is the first step. And you know how surprised he was when he read the first step. When he read the first step to me, I was equally surprised. You know what the first step was? The first step was believe you deserve to succeed. The first step was believe you deserve it. Because if you don't believe you deserve it, if you don't believe it should come, why must it come? And why will it stay? And how can it stay? Believe you deserve it. The ten spies gave so many reasons why they don't deserve it. Even though God has said it, it, will, it was theirs. A transformed mind. One of the things we are trying to do in this ministry is to help you have another mind. The mind of Christ. The mind that was in Christ. A mind that believes what God says. A mind that accepts what God says. And I want to tell you the truth. Many a times, your mind is fighting the mind of Christ. Your mind is against the mind of Christ most of the time. Another one is Mephibosheth, a man that was crippled, elevated by grace through the man of God, the King David, taken to the palace, given the lens of his father back. Everything is given to him back. He's sitting at the table of the king, but that particular elevation could not last even a year. He lost everything again. He lost everything. So Romans 12 verse 2 tells us, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And how does God do that? I like this verse. It says, by changing the way you think. 
So there is a new person that God wants to reveal to yourself and to the world around you. But that new person can only be revealed when your mind changes. When God changes how you think. Not when God gives you more money. It's dangerous to give money in the hands of a foolish person. You start getting all kinds of behaviors, erratic behaviors. A changed mind. The purpose of this training, the purpose of this series is to give you an opportunity for your mind to change. And I believe your mind is going to change in this season in the name of Jesus Christ. That is what you need. That is what you need. You need a changed mind. Hallelujah. And God is going to change you into a different person or transform you into a different person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. That is where the change starts. In your mind, not in your pocket. In your mind. Not in your wallet. Not in your bank account. The change God wants to bring is not in your relationships. It's first in your mind. As long as you are carrying this mind that you have right now, much will not happen. You need to allow this mind to submit itself to a superior mind. And that is the mind of Christ. And who is Christ? Christ is the anointed one with his anointing. Christ is the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. You need to submit your mind that is built because of, you know, from your, your, your background, where you are coming from, where you grew up from, and all those things you experienced growing up, that is, that has created the mind you have now. But the mind you have now cannot take you to the future you are seeing. The first day God meets Abraham, he tells him, I'm going to make you a father of nations. But it took 25 years to make that happen. Because Abraham couldn't just believe that that can happen. It took many years. You wonder why sometimes what God, what God, God has promised. You can remember what God promised you. You know exactly where God spoke to you. You can even remember where you wrote it. But you keep asking, where is it? Brother and sister, let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not God who lies. And God cannot lie in the first place. And sometimes it's not that life is too hard. Sometimes it's just that your mind hasn't changed. You have the promise just like the Israelites. You have what God said, but your mind is still in Egypt. You are still in Egypt trying to enter the promised land. How can you enter Canaan when your mind is still in Egypt? How can you move to the marriage that God has for you when your mind is still hooked and stuck in the previous things? How can you do it? You need to acquire that mind that God wants to give you. By the grace of God, receive a new mind today in the name of Jesus. And that's why we expose ourselves to the word. And do you know how we transform by changing the way you think? God transformed you and the, 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 you know, the new living, the, the, the King James says, that um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me tell you something. How does God renew your mind? Through his word. Through his word. The closer you are to the word of God, listen to me, you will know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So the more truth you know, the more freedom you start experiencing. And the more freedom you experience, the easier it is for you to enter your destiny. Do you understand? So that's how it is. It's like you got to know a lot of truth. You got to expose yourself to constant truth. 
Thy word is a light unto my path. You need to allow the word of God to enter your life. Brother, don't sit there hoping for dreams with a broken mind, with, a, with an envious mind, with a jealous mind, with a wicked mind, with a lustful mind. You, you can't work with a lady. If, if, you, if God gives you a boss who is a lady, you must sleep with her. That's a mind. You, your mind cannot accept that a person can be your boss and be a woman and she's, she's attractive, but you are still there doing what you're supposed to do. If God takes you and places you in a place where there's a lot of money, you become a robber. So by his grace, sometimes he has to keep away, even though he has all those blessings for you, but he knows if I place her there, the man is not ready to handle this. The man will take her out of this thing in a day. And sometimes take I mean, maybe before you were just broke, but now you are broke and you are in jail. Because the blessing of God led you to temptations that now got you arrested. So God sometimes calculates the equation and says, no, you'd rather just remain a, a bit broke until I work on the mind first, until I heal the mind. You understand how hard works? So allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Brothers and sisters, whenever you hear superior thoughts entering your mind, don't fight them. Don't try to explain yourself. Don't try to give reasons why you are the way you are. Just agree, look, I am wrong here. I accept this new mind that is coming now. I'm accepting these new thoughts. I know they are uncomfortable. I know it's difficult to adjust to them, but I say yes to the will of God. I say yes to what God wants to do with my life. Even though I know it's going to take a lot of work, I agree with God at this stage of my life. Don't continue fighting the word, explaining yourself, giving reasons why you are the way you are. That's how the mind remains the way it is. Let's change. Number two, the law of the spoken word. You see, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you listening to me? The law of the spoken word simply says, you have what you say. You have what you say. The reason why the mind has to change is because once the mind changes, the words will change. Your life and my life are very much connected to the words that we hear or the words we speak ourselves. Or maybe you didn't know. Entire life of Adam was run by words God spoke. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply. His life started running based on those words. Genesis chapter 3, if you eat of this fruit, you will die. And the moment he ate of the fruit, he started dying. He didn't need to kill himself. The word that was spoken was working against him. The spoken word. The spoken word. Ezra chapter 6 verse 4, a very amazing scripture, which I want to read for you. And the elders of the Jews built, hallelujah, and prospered. They built and they prospered. And I'm sure you would like to know, how did they do it? How do you build and you continue prospering? When people build, they sometimes become broke. But these guys build and they prosper. 
which is the natural result of building. That's why we are into building. Because building brings prosperity. That's actually a fact. Show me a person with buildings, I'll show you a prosperous person. Building brings prosperity. Renting brings breakness and breaking and, and, and lacking. Maybe you are renting at the moment. That's a stage, but don't stay there. Rise beyond renting into building because the more you build, the more prosperous you're likely going to become. They build and they prosper. May you build and prosper in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says they build and prosper through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo, the priest. Do you know how these people build and prosper? Through the prophesying. Through the prophesying. As the prophet was prophesying, they were building. As the prophet was prophesying, they were prospering. Spoken words. You have no clue what words can produce. Man, I'm not telling you, you can prosper by words. These are people that were prospering because the prophet was speaking over them. A man of God was speaking over their lives and they were believing. That's why in the book of Second Chronicles, the Bible says, believe your prophet and you will prosper. Believe in your prophets and you will prosper. There is power that is released when a man of God truly anointed by God starts speaking. That is how the lives of men change. That is how most of our lives are changing. Our lives are changing by the spoken words. Some of us come to church carrying all kinds of curses on our back, carrying all kinds of problems in our lives, and then the spoken words start coming out. And the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. And you see, when God speaks this thing, you be, may you prosper, may you increase. When I stand here on this altar and I start declaring, may God make a way for you. If you believe it, and we know you believe it by your actions, not just by, I believe it, I receive it. Faith without actions is dead. They believe the, prophe- the, 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 the prophecies and they engage the prophecies. The results were forthcoming. So we prosper with the spoken word. The spoken word. When you put a message, you start listening and you start agreeing with what the man of God is saying. Listen to me, it's a matter of time. Listen, the word of God always comes in a seed form. But you just keep watering that word. One day it will amaze you. It will amaze you. Jesus told his disciples, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They are not just empty words. Believe in the prophecies. Believe in the prophecies, in the declarations that you hear. And believe by also saying amen. When you hear something that is touching your heart, say amen. Believe it. You listen to me. Your life can change by just that, by just that word. Just one word that is spoken and you believe it and you receive it and you accept it. You conceive like a seed and it starts growing in you. Praise the name of Jesus. Take it even a step further. You yourself start prophesying over yourself. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three, For assuredly I say unto you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. Whoever shall say to this mountain, 
What is a mountain? An obstacle. There is nothing more obstacles than financial hardship. It's a big obstacle before us. But whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, praise the Lord, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done. In other words, you are already imagining it. How do you believe that the things that you are saying will be done? You start imagining them. You start imagining what you are saying. Like you start imagining this road without this mountain. That in your mind, there's no more mountain here. You start imagining what the road will look like if there was no mountain. Then you are really believing what you are saying. The Bible says, he will have whatever he says. May you have whatever you say. Therefore, as you are saying, man, be careful what you say. Be very careful what you say because most of the poverty is based on what people are saying. And most of the blessings are connected to what people are saying. So never be surprised when you hear me keep saying, I am blessed. Like now I'm going to start saying, I am prosperous. Amen. Amen. How are you? I am prosperous. Amen. You need to start claiming such things over yourself. I am prosperous. I am prosperous. I am doing well. Hallelujah. I'm moving forward. I'm a blessing. These are words you must speak over yourself. You see, how long, how long, I mean, you can even feel that you haven't said things like this in a long time. And you shall have what you say. So if you're not saying it, you cannot have it. You cannot have what you're not saying. Number three, another law quickly. I'm trying to give you as many as I can. The law of right associations. The law of right associations. Praise the name of Jesus. Show me your friends and I can predict your future. I don't even need to be a prophet. The moment I see your friends, I can predict your future. I can tell you the sequences that your life will take. By looking at who you hang around with. The law of right associations. Work with the wise and become wise. The companion of fools shall be destroyed. Do not be deceived. Bad companies corrupt good manners. You cannot expect to prosper and you are moving around with people that have no intention of prospering. And you are thinking that supernaturally you will prosper. It won't happen. It will never happen. Who are you hanging around with? Who is your friend? If I may put it that way. What type of friend are they? Where are they going? Do you like where they are going? If you don't like where they are going, how come you are in the same car with them? You can't keep saying, no, me, I don't like this car. I don't like the way this car is driving. I don't like this. I don't like where we are going. But you are in the car. What is stopping you from stopping the car? Maybe this morning you will make a decision to stop the car. You can say to the driver this morning, hey, Mr. Driver, please stop here. I'm, I'm getting out. You'd rather get off and be in the middle of the road than drive in the wrong destination. That is my advice to you. Genesis 15, verse 6, verse 5 and 6. Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks 
and heads and tents. Lot also. Lot also. Who went with Abraham? God never spoke to Lot. I hope you understand that. Lord had no connection with God so ever. There was nothing God ever, I don't, there is not even one place in the Bible where you hear, and God said to Lot. But simply with, by the fact that Lot went with Abraham. Genesis 12, Lot went with Abraham. Genesis 13, Lot also. Why are they saying also? Because this was what was happening with Abraham. If you read verse 4, verse 4 says, And Abraham was, was, was blessed with sheep, goats, and this thing. Then verse 5 says, And Lord also. The law of right associations. A man who didn't even love God. We know this by the decision he started making right when they, 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 they separated a man who had no fear of God in him, no love, no honor. The person that went, that took you along is saying choose and you are actually choosing. You are even choosing the best part. Then you can say, this guy had no, that there was nothing in inside, no character. But Lord also, I'm talking about a person that was so low in the spirit, but still the law worked. Lord also, Lord also. Hmm? Went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. They prospered so much that the land became too small. The law of right associations. May you recognize in time the right people to associate yourself with. And may you, may you identify on time the wrong people to depart yourself from. Because I can promise you right now, most of your poverty is connected to somebody. There's somebody that is the vehicle through which poverty never reaches you. And every prosperity is equally connected to somebody. I think Lord learned this the hard way because he thought he was prospering by himself. When he departed from Abraham, things started descending. I mean, in a day, he lost everything. Everything. And Lord was there. And Abraham was there for many, many, many more years. But I like this sentence. And Lord also. May that be said about you. And Tapelo also. And sin this one also. Amen. Hallelujah. Ash. That when they mention the name of this person, after they mention their name, they mention your name. Amen. You see, they say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Those three people have a lot of things in common. May your name be mentioned in connection with certain people that you are following. Don't follow them in the air. You are following people and there's nothing connected. There is nothing those people have that can be seen in your life. And Lord also. 
You are following pastors, no anointing on your life. You are following people online. You are following people on, on, uh, on, on TV there. You are always looking for their show. You are watching them on their show, but you have never reflected anything. You don't have a show. You are watching shows. You don't have your own show. I don't understand how you are doing it. But I can clearly see that you are just wasting away your life. Can I tell you something? Destiny is connected to time. Whatever is consuming your time is consuming your destiny. Because destiny is built with time. You don't build destiny with money. You build destiny with time. So whatever, wherever your time is being consumed, that is where your destiny is going. So if you are consuming your time in the wrong thing, don't expect much from destiny. Because time is the unity of destiny. Destiny is built with the time. The time unit, 24 hours. That's what you use to build destiny. When you take your 24 hours and you invest it on wrong things, don't expect much from destiny. Because you haven't invested the right thing. So whatever is stealing your time, is not just wasting your time, it's actually stealing your destiny. Because destiny is built with that time. No wonder the business people say time is money. Do you understand? Because it is actually the unit that is used to create things. The moment you are dead, why do we say you are dead? Because you are no more operating in time. Time is still moving, but you are no more in time. We have a meeting, you can't come. We are speaking, you can't speak. You are out of time. Once you are out of time, even if you are there physically, but you are out of time, you are out of the game. You are out of the game. May you choose who you associate with wisely. Wisely. We don't choose our family, but we choose our friends. We choose our associations. Don't associate with bad friends. Rather have no friends than having bad friends around you. I'm telling you today, this is one of the reasons many Christians don't do well. They come and hear a pastor on Sunday, but the rest of the week, they are hearing wrong friends. And they are destroying their destiny without knowing without knowing. At least today you know. Number three. Which number are we on now? Number four, eh? Number four. The law of an anointed life. These are deep laws I'm giving you this morning. (laughs) Each one of them has the capacity of changing your story. The law of an anointed life. It's a law. It's a law. Being anointed, listen to me, being an, I mean, genuinely anointed will lead to prosperity. All progress is connected to the oil. Every genuine oil will lead to wealth. And you don't need to think much. Just look at the Arabic nations. They are wealthier. Look at Dubai. What is in Dubai? Tell me, what is in Dubai? Do you know anything in Dubai that is there? It's oil. What is in Saudi Arabia? What, what can you tell me about Saudi Arabia that you can tell me that they have, the, they don't have nothing. The only thing that is in Saudi Arabia, let me tell you today, is oil. Wherever there is oil, there will be wealth. If you can understand that principle today, that wherever there's oil, 
there is wealth. You will stop joking with the oil. When the prophet asked the Shunammite woman, what do you have in your house? Like I told you the other day, she says nothing except a little jar of oil. The prophet says, that's all I need. That's all you need. That little oil that you have in your house. And if you read the story, it all it took was that little oil. That little oil started growing, 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 increasing until it got her out of debt. The oil, the law of an oiled life. <laughs> Psalm 23 verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So I'm surrounded with opposition. I'm surrounded with obstacles and disadvantages. I'm from a poor background. My parents died. Nobody knows me. I didn't finish school. These are a lot of enemies that are surrounding me. And God is trying to prepare a table for me in the presence of all these enemies. God is trying to make something out of my life in the presence of all these enemies. The enemy of poor education. The enemy of lack of connections. The enemy of lack of money. The enemy of lack of anything. I mean, my whole life is surrounded with enemies all kinds of enemies and God is still amazing he is coming in the midst of my enemies and he's trying to prepare a table and what does God do the Bible says you anoint my head with oil you anoint my head with oil and look at the results of it my cup runs over prosperity, prosperity, increase, transformation is connected to the oil. My cup runs over. And all of that because my head is anointed. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. May your cup start running over. You see, a lot of people just want to have a filled cup. Or half filled cup. God wants your cup to run over. And that is what I was telling you in one of the series and in one of the messages that you see, God is not just interested in blessing you. When your cup runs over, it means you'll be able to reach more people. You become a blessing. Praise the name of Jesus. May you receive the grace of an oiled life. Hallelujah. And all, and it is your portion in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the gift is for you and your children. The Holy Spirit is for anyone who will care to ask. It's not for the pastors. The anointing of God is for you. Listen to me. Without the anointing, even if you are a businessman, you will not do well. You are in school. Without the anointing, you will not do well. Because Zachariah gives you the formula, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the anointing. Isaiah 10 verse 27 says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his yoke shall be destroyed. What is the yoke? Financial hardship. That is a yoke on your neck, my friend. That is a yoke on your head, on your neck. Financial hardship. That yoke is destroyed by the anointing oil. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. You can go to school, the yoke is still there. You can have all these other laws, but the yoke is still there. You need the anointing. Oh, may you cry for the anointing. May you desire more of the anointing. 
Every day of your life. I don't have time to take you through Isaiah 45. But Isaiah 45, the, the, you know, it tells you how the anointed life be, can lead to wealth. He breaks iron bars. Let me just read it for you. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, to lose the armor of kings. Look, each one of these sentences is a book. If I have to take my time to explain to you what each one means, you will understand why people never rise. Because God is not holding their hand. Number two, the nations are not subdued. Nations is people, different types of people. You are trying to make progress, but as you make progress, you will encounter different people on your journey. But those people are not subdued. Therefore, you are not making progress. So God says, I'm holding your hand. Number two, I'm subduing nations before you. If God doesn't do that, you are going nowhere. You are going nowhere. And he says, and lose the armor of kings. Who are kings? People in authority. People who make decisions. Their, their, their armor is against you. They are fortified against you. But the, the, the Lord says, if you are anointed, the anointing will lose their armor. In other words, they will become vulnerable. Whatever pride they were carrying, that was making them to ignore you. Whatever it is, once the, your anointing starts working, they are loose. They start acknowledging you. They start recognizing your efforts. To open before him the double doors. I didn't know there's something called double doors. But there's something in front of you called double doors. And if God doesn't open it, you are stuck. So that the gates will not be shut. So gates can be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight so you can keep working in crooked places all your life. You are working so hard. You are moving up and down, but you are using crooked road. That never gets you anywhere. But God says, I can make the crooked path straight. In other words, you start redeeming time. In other words, you start having speed. There is a law that says the straight road is always the quickest road. When you are using crooked path, something that is taking a week is taking three years. It's taking three years. Because you are going to the north, then you are going to the south. You are trying to avoid all these kings. You are trying to avoid all these doors. Because everywhere you go, people are resisting you. Then you have to go all the way in Johannesburg. Then you have to turn all the way over there. You are trying to avoid all these things. Why? Because you are being resisted. You are being resisted. But when the anointing starts working on your life, it makes the crooked path straight. May the anointing make every crooked path straight before you. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are some people, I'm telling you, to ever have a house, it takes their whole life and the life of their children. To ever drive a car, it takes so many accidents and so many deaths. Crooked path. So hard. To have the smallest thing of this life, you go north, you go south, you make so many phone calls, you wait in queues for years. No, no, no. There's no oil on your life. There's no oil on your life. Everything is hard. Everything, I mean, imagine a car that is trying to move without oil. It's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. I told you the key to the success of the Arabic nations is oil. That oil has commanded the attention of the whole world in, the, in that area. 
everybody is going there. <laughs> and we are not going there for nothing. It's because of the oil. May people come to you because of the oil. The oil, the oil on your life. Work on the oil on your life. My brother, work on your oil. My sister, work on your oil. The Bible says, let your head not lack oil. Let your head not lack oil. In another place, and to, to smear your face with oil, to make your face shine. The oil makes you shine. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Look at the result. He started going. So progress is connected to oil. To go about, you need to be first anointed. Otherwise, you are stuck there in the same spot. You are there forever. You are there forever. I'm giving you the reasons why people don't prosper. They think it's connected to any, it's the oil on your life. Your head is not anointed with oil, your enemies will subdue you. I will break in pieces the gates of browns. Only God knows what this is. But there's something in the spirit realm called the gates of browns. It's standing before people. They are trying to move, but the gates, I say, you are going nowhere. The gates of browns. May every gate of brands before you answer to this anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. And to cut the bars of iron. I mean, look at all this resistance. Double doors. Crooked places. Eh? Gates of browns. Bars of iron. My goodness. When I read this, I realized why many people don't prosper. Look at the obstacles. Look at the barriers. Maybe you've gone through the double doors, but that's not the end. Then he says, and I will give him the treasures of darkness. You see now, treasures are coming, but they are also in the dark. It's treasures, but they are in darkness. In other words, it's not easy to see them. It takes the anointing. It takes the oil on your life to see treasures in darkness. And hidden riches in secret places. There are some riches, but they are in secret places. Do you understand why some people live their whole life they never amount to nothing? Treasures in darkness, riches in secret places, irons of, uh, bars of iron, irons of, uh, gates of browns, Double doors, crooked path. I mean, armors of kings. <laughs> but all you need is to be anointed. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Then it says, and you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name, I am the God of Israel. Somebody will know. When you look back, you will say, you know what? I don't know how I got here. There's no way. There's no way under normal circumstances I can be where I am right now. When I look at the obstacles that were behind me, when I look at the obstacles that were in front of me, when I look at the obstacles that were around me, I can't explain why it is me here in this place. That's why the Bible says, the psalmist says, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of the, his people, we were like dead that dream a dream. We couldn't believe God had done this for us. That's why you will be able to say, the Lord has done great things for them. 
They couldn't have done it by themselves. They couldn't have done it by themselves. They couldn't have done it by themselves. It is spirituality all over, my brother. All over. It is always going to be spirituality. I really need to end today. I, I, I couldn't stay here forever. But let me give you my last law for, the, for, for, for this morning. The law of wise budgeting. That law says, he who sticks to his budget will soon rise. It is not enough to have a budget. You need to stick with the budget before you can rise. The law of wise budgeting. He who sticks to his budget will soon rise. What is budgeting? Budgeting is directing your money instead of following your money. When you are budgeting, it means you are directing where the money should go instead of you following where the money is going. When you don't have a budget, you are following your money. Your money says, I want to go here, you follow. I, I, I want to go there, I want to eat chocolate, you go. I want to eat pub, you go. I want to eat, you go. You are following the money. You don't have a budget. When you have a budget, you direct the money. You say to money, okay, you, two rent, three rent, four rent, three, 300 rent, go over there. Then they say, yes, sir, they go. Budget. The law of wise budgeting. Where there is no budget, there will be regrets. Where there is no budget, there will be a lot of hallucination. People will wonder, what just happened? What, what has happened? Like, the money happened, the first notification made you happy, but before you could celebrate for 10 minutes, you don't know what has happened. All the money has disappeared. Short-lived happiness is the result of lack of budgeting or poor budgeting or foolish budgeting. Unreasonable budgeting. So as I close this series, let me leave you with something that can change your whole life if you dare to apply it. What do I do? Now I have broken through these laws and God has blessed me with a job. Hallelujah. Oh, God has given me a business. Now I have something with me. Then now the 25th has arrived and there's a notification that has entered my phone. And it is a very savourish notification. It is a waterish notification that has entered my phone. What do I do? Because I'm having a thousand ideas. I'm having a thousand ideas, a thousand dreams. What do I do? Number one, this is how proper budgeting works. The first thing I do when I get my salary, number one, pay your tithe. The first thing you do, I'm talking about people who want to enter into serious blessings. I know you've heard a lot, uh, these people are trying to take, steal your money, daddy, what is that? Listen to me. 
listen to me. If you are serious about your life, then you better believe what I'm saying to you right now. It, look, there is no force. Am I forcing you where you are? There? I cannot force. Nobody can force you or anything. It's up to you to decide. But I'm telling you right now, if you want to see prosperity, if you want to see what God is offering you, it starts here. The first thing you do when money enters your bank account, either by virtue of salary or whatever it is, number one, I pay my tithe. The way I have arranged my life is that the church account is connected directly to my bank account. So there is, I cannot have an excuse to say, you know, I, you know, I was about to do it, but then I forgot, and then this and this. No, 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 no. Immediately it enters. My, the bank account is one of the beneficiaries of my account. The church account, I have the church account as a beneficiary in my account. It's one of my beneficiaries. Why wouldn't that be the case? After what God has done for me. I did it that way so that I never have an excuse. Because the more there are other things to do before you can pay your tithe, before you realize you don't pay your tithe. If you have to withdraw the money, if you have to do this, and you have to do this, before you realize, Satan has spoken to you a thousand times already. And he has postponed it to next month. If not next year. Leviticus 27 verse 30. A tithe of everything, not some of the things, everything from the land, whether grain, from the soil, or fruit, from the tree, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. This is how proper budgeting starts. You first identify what is not yours. You cannot do well if you are not a good steward. A good steward understands what is his and what is not his. A tithe of everything belongs to the Lord. So Malachi, you know this. I'm just repeating to help you. I know we are out of time, but look, this is the last, this, this, eh, this is the last teaching on this series. And if you miss this, you might have missed everything. So you'd rather just sit and relax and let me teach to you something. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Not half a tithe. Many of you bring things, you, you're calling it tithe. It's not 10%, it's not even 5%. Just because you wrote tight doesn't mean it's tight. You can write tight, but it's not tight. It is not the name tight that makes it tight. It is the value. That you call it tight doesn't make it tight. For those of us who think we are clever, you can just take anything, put in an envelope and write tight. Or you, 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 you just, you, 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 you send anything and you say tight. You might deceive the person who saw the message, but you cannot deceive the God who blessed you. Tithe is 10%. 10%. And it's not difficult to calculate 10%. If I have a thousand rent, 10% of thousand rent is 100 rent. If I have a hundred rent, 10% of hundred rent is 10 rent. God made it simple. Imagine if God was asking for 13%. Some of us will be scratching our heads there forever. He made it 10%. Easy. Anybody can calculate it. Even your newborn baby can calculate it for you. He says, bring it 
and test me in this to see if I will not open the windows of heaven. You see, this is why I tithe. That reason right here. Two reasons. Number one, an open heaven. I have lived under a closed heaven for many years and I know what it is. When God taught me the laws of an open heaven and I experienced them, I fight with everything within me to stay under an open heaven every day. Because I know what it is to live under a closed heaven. I know. It's not easy. It's not easy. Are you listening to me? The second thing, you know this verse, I don't want to take much time on, on it. He says, if I will not open the, the, the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. This is a promise from his word. Enough room to receive it. You know, God is going to start blessing you until you will need space for the blessings. Every house I have moved into has always been smaller than the things I'm bringing in. Every house. Things are always in boxes. Every house. There are always more clothes than the wardrobe can take. Yes. Because the blessing is working with you. You move around with it. Everywhere you go, possibilities open. Because the heavens are open. Don't live under a closed heaven. It's very hard. You will live this. You will think that that is like, that's not like, that's slavery. You are not living. You are surviving. You are surviving. The second thing, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. So when I start seeing destruction, I know I broke the law. When I start seeing things being stolen, taken from me, I quickly have to align myself. What went wrong? Where did I miss it? That's how it is. And God is no respecter of persons. I've learned that one. You, you play with him, the devourer will have the, the access. And they come in different shapes and forms. They never announce themselves, but they start destroying. They take from you. You work, they take. You work, they take. You work, they take. After five years of working, there's nothing to show. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people like that. They are always working, but nothing to show. Or they try to build something, and something comes from nowhere and takes it away. May the devourers in your life be rebuked. And unfortunately, you cannot rebuke them. Only God can rebuke them. God has not given you the capacity to rebuke the devourers. He only gives you a tip on what you need to do for him to rebuke them for you. To pay your tithe, he rebukes them. If you want to see this, I rebuke every devourer. Look, it's not, they don't even listen to you. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You don't have the capacity to rebuke them. Pay your tithe, I will do it. So this is wise budgeting. Number one, I pay my tithe. The second thing I do after I pay my tithe, I pay my debts. Like if you owe people, do not leave large owing people. You can never break financial hardships owing the whole world. 
Now, I could have first of all said you don't own nobody. But a lot of us already owe people. Anyway. So rather I should teach you that after you pay your tithe, the next thing, pay your debts. I hope somebody is hearing me somewhere out there. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 7. It's a powerful story. I will teach on this the next time I teach on financial hardship or financial prosperity or the blessing of the Lord. When, the, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on with whatever is left over. So don't leave when you still owe. That's the principle. You pay your debt and you live on the rest. You don't leave and then whatever remains then you pay your debt. Which is what we do all the time. We try to leave. Then we are owing people. We are trying to leave at the same time. Meanwhile, you are owing people. You are owing banks. But you are trying to leave. You are trying to buy those shoes. You are trying to drive a car that you can't afford while owing people. You are trying to live, yet you are owing people. So the Bible says, pay your debts, live on the rest. That's the key. Don't try to live while you are owing people. It's as simple as that. Number three, save something. Uh, Pastor, I think by now everything is gone. I mean, I paid the tithe. I... I pay the debts. What can I save? I mean, there's nothing left. There is always something. Your problem is that you don't have a budget. Your problem is that you are not budgeting. And because you are not budgeting, you are living by chance. You are not engaging your mind in what you are doing. Do you understand me? That's why things are not working for you. But if you can start budgeting, you will see that there will be something. I'm not saying save everything. I'm saying save something. Save something. There's something you can save. A hundred rand is something. If I save a hundred rand this month and I save a hundred rand next month, I'm having two hundred rand somewhere. It's better than having nothing. Save something. Save something. Go to the ant, you slogan. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander. No overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provision. It stores. If the ant can store things, how come you, a fully grown human being, you store nothing? You eat everything. No storage. No storage. Begin to store. Number four. I'm giving you the tools that can help you. I know by now some of you don't even like me anymore. I don't have a problem with it. If you can just apply, you will do well. And if you are not applying, you are are beginning to know why your things are not working. This is why your things are not working. Number four, buy what you need only. So I'm finally, I'm I'm finally now coming to you. First you pay your your tithe. Number two, you pay your debts. Listen, you don't give your debt, you pay it. You owe it. You don't give your debts, you pay them. Then number three, you save something. You see, when you are living like this, things are hard. 
But you are hard today so you can enjoy tomorrow. Other than enjoying today and live a hard life tomorrow. John Maxwell said, you can play today and pay tomorrow or you can pay today and play tomorrow. You choose. I had made a decision years ago to pay today and play tomorrow. Some people are playing today to pay tomorrow. But when you start paying, you've already wasted all the money. There's nothing to pay. You, you pay with your life. You pay with your life. Buy what you need only. This is the law of frugality. A wasteful person will never prosper. Never. I guarantee you. A wasteful person will never prosper. Never. You can never prosper if you are wasteful. Never. You will not do well. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 23. You say, I am allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. I know you are allowed to do everything. You are allowed to buy a new pair of shoes every month. You are allowed to change every phone every time there is an upgrade. You are allowed, but is it good for you? You are allowed to have all the colors of lipsticks. You are allowed, but is it good for you? Hmm? Is it good for you? You say, I am allowed to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. Are you listening to me? I hope I'm making sense. I'm already out of time, so I'm just trying to get you back in life. Because a lot of you, I might be out of time, but you are out of life. So I'm trying to bring you back also in life. Because you are saying, Pastor, you are out of time. I am out of time, but you are out of life. And some of you are out of order. And you are out of budget. You are out of money. And I'm trying to help you to save something. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12, Paul says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Mercy. Some of you watching me, you don't know how to live on almost nothing. When it looks like it's almost nothing, you go and borrow. You cannot accept that the fridge can be empty for a season. You must fill that fridge by borrowing money. You cannot accept the fact that for a season you can wear the same suit. Your ego will never allow. So you need to go and enslave yourself to impress people who doesn't even see, who don't even see what you are doing. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. Some people can't live with everything. It kills them. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. This is the key. Learning the secret of living in every situation. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you the truth before God. There are times in my house where it is rice and tin fish. I eat it with grace and pleasure. 
Okay, if I don't eat tin fish, who was eating fish? That thing called tin fish, was it, was it made for animals? Is it not meant for human beings? Am I not a human being? When you go to spa, don't you find something called tin fish somewhere in the shelf there? Is it there for goats and for, for some funny beings? It's for people like you and me. So if a human being like me go and buy tin fish to eat it, what, ha- what crime have I committed? Some of you, you always try to get coke. But there is cola. Who must drink cola? The goats. Now I'm asking you, who must drink the cola? That thing of uh, Kingsley. Who must drink Kingsley? You want to drink coke. You want to drink Sprite. And because you want to drink coke, you want to drink Sprite, you end up with empty nothing at the end of the day. You could have gone for your cola and your Kingsley and there will still be something. And that cola will not kill you, you know that. that you will drink it, you might have a bit of shaking there, but you survive. And you will make it through the man. But no, you will not do it. How, how, how will people, how will people, people come to my house and I'm giving them this thing, they don't, they have aftertaste. They have, look, you rather give people an aftertaste so that you can have a real taste of life in the future than trying to give a taste of life today and have the aftertaste of poverty. To have the aftertaste of poverty on your back. I'd rather give you a drink with an aftertaste than living a life of an aftertaste. I'm sorry. Frugality. Frugality. That's why many of us can never buy nothing. We have nothing to our name. Every month, God blesses. Foolishness clears it. Every month, God blesses. And greed clears it. You must always have mayonnaise. There is something called Nola. You know Nola? And there are other ones. You never go there. When you see them, you even, you look like you are having an epilepsy. Like you, 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 you don't understand if, who must, who must, who must eat those things? I'm asking you, who, who must eat those things? <laughs> it's animals. <laughs> we must gather the monkeys. They must go and eat those things. You must eat only my own. I don't have a problem with this. But what will happen to the other things? And many a time, that is what your pocket can afford. Life is in level and people are in sizes. You must know your level and you must know your size. Never try a level that is higher than you. We all enter spa. We all have something that looks like a hundred rent. But you don't know what I've left in my bank account as I'm holding the hundred rent. When now sometimes that hundred and is all you have. Then you see me buying coke, you also go and buy coke. As I'm buying coke, I might have other things behind the carpet you don't see. Go and buy your cola. Get your little Kingsley. There, let me give you a tip. There's a special here at Spa. Three of those drink for 27 rand. 
you collect them, you can buy them in back, keep in your house. They will not spoil. You start going slowly, slowly, slowly. That is the level I am in right now. I am at the Kingsley level. I will accept it honorably and I will gravitate slowly to the next level. The good thing about it is that once I'm in the next level, I will visit Kingsley if I want. But if I don't want Kingsley, I cannot descend to Kingsley by force because I have ascended a new level. But any of you that are trying these big names, which your capacity cannot afford, you will always be surprised how you collapse back to where you are supposed to be. It never lasts in your hands. It never lasts in your hands. Even iPhones, you get it, you collapse back to Nokia. Because that is where in the spirit you're supposed to be. I started using iPhones for years. I've never descended to any other phone. It is natural. Because I entered that level years ago. My wife is a witness. I will be awake at night trying to study the iPhone. I will sleep two hours at night because I'm trying to study an iPhone. Again, entry into that level. You, you just want to hold it in your hand. That's why the moment it feels your hand, say, no, this is the wrong hand. I cannot stay here. This person doesn't know what I'm supposed to do. Then it breaks itself or it calls a robot to take it. Number five, invest on something substantial. After you have spent what on what you need, always try to invest on something substantial. What I call by something substantial is property, land, a business, not, not the latest phone. Not the newest car. Not more clothes. Let me give you a tip. Buy a lot of black clothes. Have a lot of black black jeans, t-shirts. Nobody will know when you are wearing the same things. You see, you just keep changing. I'm talking about people who want to go far. You are, you are always, you see these colors. Once you start getting into too much colors, people will know that uh, she wore this thing. She wore this thing like yesterday. This guy. No. no, if it's black, nobody knows. You can change it over and over and over and over again and nobody will ever bother you. And you can move with that stress. Luke 19 verse 23. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I come back I could have collected it with interest? This was Jesus speaking. He said, I needed an interest from this thing. And just, he didn't say, why didn't you give, why didn't Jesus say, why didn't you give my money to the poor? It's a long investment based on what he's trying to do. No, it, it was an option. He says, why didn't you put my money on a deposit so I can get interest? Your God, your Jesus is thinking like that. As you just live your life, there's no interest, I'm not doing... He's... he's he rebuked this guy. He dealt with him because there was no interest coming from this. No interest. You are always investing in things that will never bring interest. 
You are always putting money in things that will never generate any interest. I mean, that is the highest level of stupidity. And I know you are not a stupid person. The places you've been injecting money, is there interest in those things? Can you show me the interest? Some of you, your only place where the money goes is the mall, a place that will never give you any interest. Supermarket, no interest. But that is, that is where your whole money keeps going. No interest. Can you at least have one spot where as I'm injecting here, over time, there will be a return. Can you show me one thing like that in your life? Where you will show, no, there will be a return from here. No return so ever. You are just a philanthropist. You are the good Samaritan 24-7. Even the good Samaritan, he didn't do it for every single person. He managed that case. We don't know the rest of the story. Well, now you want to be the good Samaritan for Peter, for James, for John, for before you realize there's nothing left of you. There's nothing left. I'm going to end here for today. I hope that you will listen to this many times and grasp these laws and allow them to start shaping your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, I know today I preach very, I think I preach about two messages today. But it's all for the glory of the Lord. May God help us. May God strengthen us. May God elevate us in every single area of our lives. Raise your hands wherever you are. Thank God for this series. Thank God for all he has shown you in this time. All you have learned. Just thank him. Just thank him wherever you are. Just raise your hands. and Appreciate Jesus. Appreciate Jesus right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are faithful. You are faithful, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name. I would like to help somebody right now. You've been listening to me and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to start this journey. Like I told you last week, everything starts in the spirit. Maybe you want to give your life to Jesus this morning. I would like to help you. All you need to do is to raise your right hand. I'm going to pray with you, wherever you are. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to be born again. You want your sins to be forgiven. Well, at the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your hands down. I know we're definitely out of time, but there's somebody also listening to me right now. You want to rededicate your life. Maybe it is your finances that are not submitted to God. You are just doing what you want. Well, through this series, we have learned a lot about the keys that govern these realms. Maybe you want to start afresh. Maybe you want to, you know, we, we spoke even earlier on the message, on the, the offering message about the Thanksgiving seed, the Thanksgiving of. Maybe you want to reconsider doing those things. Maybe you, maybe last week you committed yourself and like the message was saying earlier, you didn't really do something about it. Maybe you want to start something. Maybe you just want to take the first step right now. Supporting God's work. Supporting the project. I spoke about the laptop we want to buy. That is something to invest in. Invest in a project. 
Maybe that's what you want to do, but you want to start. I want to pray for you. Maybe you used to support God's work and you stopped. God is going to give you grace this morning to start again. At the count of three, just raise your right and I'm going to pray with you. One, two, three. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. I want to support God's work. I want to I want to come back to God and serve God. And I want my money to be submitted to God. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we pray together? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to me this morning. Right now, I agree. I'm out of my way. I'm lost. I need your grace. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Give me another chance to start afresh. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mohwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day. And remember, we are alive to give life. Whether you